But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. That first little verse there is uh, from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 26. Interestingly enough, um, we're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this coming week. It just happens to land around this same time, and uh, it deals heavily uh, with the resurrection. And how really the Christian faith, it it all hinges on the resurrection. Like if there's been no resurrection, then there's nothing for us to hope. No reason for us to hope. If Christ hasn't risen, our faith is in vain. And we might as well just eat, drink, and be merry for for tomorrow we die, right? Like it all hinges on the resurrection. And the good news is, is Christ has risen. And because he has risen, those of us who have trusted him with our lives, trusted him for salvation, trusted him for eternity, we will also be raised from the dead. This morning we're going to read about the resurrection from Luke chapter 24. And I just pray that you'll be blessed and strengthened. We're doing this, I'm releasing this podcast on Saturday instead of Sunday so people actually have time to listen to it. And uh, so I'm praying that you'll be blessed and that this week, even though the previous two podcasts were just re-uploads from previous studies dealing with Passover, uh, I just hope that you'll be strengthened. Uh, I hope that you were strengthened rather by those because uh, I think they were good studies. And honestly, I just, uh, and maybe, look, I don't have all the answers, and maybe, maybe I'm way off base, but I just wish the church would stop calling it Easter and, and just acknowledge Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and the resurrection of, of Messiah, and it should be this week-long thing where there's the build-up to Passover and the celebration of how Christ was the spotless lamb without blemish who bled 
so that we could be covered and so that we might be passed over for judgment. And then his body, you know, his body, like the unleavened bread, it's broken for us. And communion is actually, the whole thing about communion is that was what Messiah was doing with his disciples as a Passover dinner. And he's teaching them about how he's going to bleed and how his body is going to be broken. And the whole unleavened bread is significant. And then you have first fruits, and Jesus is the first fruits. Matter of fact, uh, F.B. Johnson says this about that First Corinthians passage that we just read. He says, He is the first fruits of those who have slept in death. On the morrow, after the first Sabbath of the Passover, a sheaf of the first fruits of the barley harvest was weighed before the Lord as a pledge of the harvest to come. So on the morning after the first Sabbath, of the Passover, Christ, the first fruits, arose and appeared living. The first fruits of the great harvest of souls gathered into eternal life. I mean, if you don't have all this other, if you don't understand the significance of all this, which is why every year we talk about Passover, we talk about unleavened bread, and we make these connections that are not made very often in Christian churches, and it's just too bad, you know? Because when you when you see the foreshadow, then the fulfillment of that, and then you know there's yet another fulfillment to be made, which is the resurrection of our bodies. I mean, that's something to get excited about. And then you start to understand how, just how precious and significant the resurrection and this story is. Instead, I drive by and I see Easter egg hunts in church parking lots and I think, what are you doing? Some may say, well, it's not a big deal. You are to be a light on the hilltop. You're to be different, set apart. I don't want to go to the church and experience the same thing I experience outside of the church. It should be different. And look, I understand the hearts behind some of it is. It's like, hey, we don't want them to go. These, this will draw them in, right? They'll bring their kids. and Yeah, but you're drawing them into falsehood. Anyway, had no intention of talking about Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and all that nonsense. Let's look at the resurrection. And uh, I just say, open up your hearts. I hope that this is feeding your soul. Let's start with the last few verses of, of Luke chapter 23, which deals with the burial. Let's start with that. So I'm looking at Luke. Chapter 23, starting with verse 50. And a man named Joseph, who was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, he had not consented to their plan and action. A man from Armathia, the city of the Jews, a city of the Jews, who was waiting for the kingdom of God. Please note, I think that's just an interesting phrase about this man. It says he was waiting for the kingdom of God. 
According to this study Bible that I'm looking at, John 19.38 refers to him as a secret disciple. I don't know about you, but I'm also waiting for the kingdom of God. And I know that in a sense it's here, but then in another sense it's not. And I realize that we're participating in the kingdom of God that's growing throughout the earth and, you know, all those things. But like this gentleman here, we're waiting for the ultimate fulfillment of that, aren't we? This gentleman, he was... He believed the words coming out of Jesus. It says that he was a member of the council, but he was a good man, and he did not consent to the evil. But he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Verse 52, This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen cloth and laid him in a tomb cut into rock where no one had ever lain. It was the preparation of the Sabbath day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. Please note again. Just about any commentary or study Bible you look at is going to say when it says that it was almost the Sabbath day or was the preparation of the Sabbath day, they'll say that that's talking about Friday evening. And maybe it is. And maybe when Jesus says there'll be no sign given to you except the sign of Jonah... Just like Jonah was in the belly of the well, the son of man, you know, three days, three nights. Maybe it's just idiom. But I tend to think that when Jesus says that he's going to be in the grave three days and three nights and then rise from the dead, he means three days, three nights. And I'm not a mathematician, but I can't get three days or three nights from Friday night to Sunday morning. So when I see preparation for the Sabbath, in my mind, the only way I can kind of make this make any sense is that they must be talk. They must be talking about Passover. Um, it's yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, and I've seen some commentaries where they say, look. They don't, when in Judaism or in Hebrew, when they say three days and three nights, they don't mean like literal 24 hours, right? You know, Friday counts as one day, one night. Saturday counts as one day, one night. But then I'm still like, okay, well, Sunday just, anyway, we need not confuse ourselves with it. But I'm thinking in my mind, it's like maybe it was actually Thursday. And so you have the high Sabbath of Passover, then once you get to Friday night, the actual normal Sabbath begins. And then so the women can't actually go to the tomb to try to do the things that they were wanting to do for the body until Sunday morning because they were dealing with the high Sabbath of Passover, then the regular instituted weekly Sabbath, and now and then they can get to the tomb. That's kind of how I reconcile it in my mind. Uh, but anyway, hopefully I didn't cause confusion, but I mean, hey. It, I can't, I can't make that math work. So I got to look at it. <clears throat> Continuing on, it was the preparation day of the Sabbath. It was about to begin. Now the women who had come to him from out of Galilee followed and saw the tomb, and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes. And on the Sabbath 
they rested according to the commandment. Chapter 24 But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified, they bowed down their faces to the ground, and the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again? And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles, but these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. And behold... Two of them were going that ev- that very day to the village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleophas, answered, and he said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? He said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word, and in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it is the third day since things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came verily saying that they had also seen visions of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and the scriptures. And they approached the village, and they were going, and he acted as though he were going further, but they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and day, and now is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, 
and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Please note, for some reason, I mean, I've read this story a hundred times, but that moment that we just read, I mean, I'm, I'm literally getting chills reading this. Because we were talking about the significance of the unleavened bread. and So they're walking with this man. They don't know it's Jesus because God has hidden it from them. But at the very least, we have a resurrected person who appears like a normal human being. And they're, they're confused. They're like, we really thought he was the one that was going to redeem Israel, Right? Like fulfill these things, and then he, Jesus goes through the scriptures and he explains to them from Mo, all the way beginning with Moses and then all the way to the prophets, the things concerning him in the scriptures. Man, I'd love to have a documentation of that conversation. Why wasn't somebody? Why didn't somebody write this down? I want to know what Jesus said exactly as they're walking down that road. Oh, because we could use some explanation on some things in our day. But he sits at the table. They still don't recognize him, but when he breaks the bread and hands it to them, their eyes are open, and then he vanishes from their sight. Oh, my. Verse 32, And they said one to another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? They got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen, and he has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. While they were telling these things, he himself stood in the midst and he said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt to rise? Why does doubt to rise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet and that I am myself. Touch me and see me. A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you have seen. As you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet well, they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement. He said to them, have any, have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it before them. Now, he said to them, these are my words which I have spoken to you while I was still with you. That all things which are written about me in the law and of, Mo- of, law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You were witnessed of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you were to stay in the city until you were clothed with the power from on high. 
and he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted them up, his hands, and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And, and they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. That is our story for this morning, but I do want to read the account of the ascension here. We just read the little bit of the ascension from Luke. I want to read the account of the ascension from Acts. So if you go to the book of Acts, you go to chapter 1, verse 6, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So see, they, they're still on that subject, right? Like, okay, we didn't understand how things were going to go. Um, now we get it, but what about this part, right? And remember, he's opened up the scriptures to, him, to them. He's talked to them. So they're not out of line, and he doesn't correct them. So we can believe that there is going to be a literal fulfillment of the kingdom of God here on earth. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? This is that part where they had walked, just like what we just read at the end of the book of Luke. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons, that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, they were looking on, and he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go in to heaven. I really, really hope that this morning's podcast has pierced your hearts. Sometimes because we've heard these stories so many times that we become numb to them. I personally have just, just reading that this morning, it felt afresh. It felt afresh in my spirit, and I just pray uh, that it did the same for you. Thanks for listening, my friends. Thank you for praying. Trust me when I say the attacks have gotten worse. Uh, this past week, starting with this past week, and it's been a really hard week. Um, attacks from all kinds of different directions. So just please be praying for the podcast and the, the work that I'm doing here and for me and for my family. I just greatly, greatly appreciate it. I want to thank those of you who support the podcast, which not only supports the podcast, but it helps support me and my family. And I'm just grateful to all of you. Uh, for your generosity and your kindness. Thanks for listening, my friends. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Monday for our wisdom and encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.